Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch's sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee, plus 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com code odyssey. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, kids. This is Risk, the show where people tell true stories they never thought they'd dare to share. I'm Kevin Allison, and every Thursday we release these special episodes where we look back at content from our earlier years. Every other Thursday we feature just one classic story from the vaults. We ask that you keep the historical context in mind. Today, in 2021, there's a different consciousness. We've always asked storytellers to speak in as unfiltered a way as possible, and yet to tell their stories with as much compassion as possible. Even so, I'm sure the storytellers and the host might have worded some of what they said on these old episodes differently if they'd been recorded more recently. As always, the title of the whole series, Risk, is itself a content warning. This week, a story that Jessica Levity first shared on the show in April of 2014. Here's Jessica now with a story we call Lone Wolf. So the story that I'm about to tell you is 100% true. Well, as much as anything that happens to you alone in the middle of Kansas might be true. It's 2008, I'm 22 years old, and I've just graduated from Wisconsin, and I have no idea what I'm going to do or where I'm going to go, but I know that I want to head west. My older brother, who had randomly moved to Reno a few years earlier, suggested that I move here. He said that he would support me financially while I pursued creative ambitions. I know, I have the world's greatest big brother, but you should know it wasn't always like that. As kids, we tormented each other, as you do. And then when we grew older, we started smoking marijuana together. And that's when I'd say we really bonded. <laughs> so the plan was meet in our hometown of Ohio, buy a car, and make a road trip adventure out of moving my ass to Reno. So before we leave, we decide to perform a seance in the middle of our parents' 40-acre farm. Like you do. <laughs> It was me, my big brother, and two of my best girlfriends from Wisconsin. Now, when it comes to this hippy-dippy law of attraction, let's go manifest some stuff type of bullshit, uh, my brother and I are certainly the black sheep of our secular family. Now, specifically in this seance, my goal was to attempt to manifest 
clear signs that I was on my path in moving to Reno, and also just for fun, to meet some kind of spirit guide. So fast forward a few days into our road trip, we're somewhere in the middle of Kansas when I decide that I wanna drive. So I'm driving and I see a sign for the clearest lake in Kansas. Obviously we have to go to that. My brother was resistant to the idea because the plan was to make it all the way through Kansas to our destination in Colorado before dusk that day. But I was driving. So off we went to the clearest lake in Kansas. It was beautiful there, there was nobody there, and it was the perfect place to throw some wishing rocks. So we picked up some rocks, we wrote prayers on them, and we tossed them into the lake. Because if there ever was a body of water that could transmute our wish energy to the universe, it was obviously the clearest lake in Kansas. <laughs> so back in the car, the tension's rising a little bit. Teddy, my brother, is a little frustrated with me because my little side trip has caused us to lose a couple of hours, and he's getting a little antsy about whether or not we're going to make it through Kansas or not, and we still have to stop and purchase all of our camping supplies at Walmart. If there's anything worse than having to shop at Walmart, it's having to shop at a packed Walmart in the middle of Kansas when you're trying to make it to Colorado before dusk. Now, my job at Walmart was to get the food specifically hot dogs and ketchup. <laughs> now, I will never be able to fully explain this intense craving for hot dogs and ketchup that I had been having since we started the road trip, and Teddy had promised me that we would have it for dinner that night. So we make it out of the Walmart chaos alive, and we're walking through the parking lot, almost back to the car, when I realize I forgot the fucking ketchup. <laughs> Teddy doesn't even say anything, but just that dead look in his eyes said that there was no way we were going back inside Walmart. I threw a little fit, like little sisters do, and he promised me that we would stop at a gas station before getting to our destination. So back in the car now, and we're really on edge, smoking a little bowl, and uh, we realize there's no way we're making it to Colorado. So Teddy gives in, he surrenders, he calls it, and he says, we're going for the nearest campground. So we pull out our AAA map, and there's only one campground within a 100-mile radius, Lake Scott State Park. So off we go. It's the first week of September. It's the middle of the week. There's practically nobody there. We pull in, and Teddy tries to go to the first camping spot he sees, and I throw a little fit, because you can't just go to the first camping spot you see, you have to shop around. <laughs> so I convince him to drive around and before you know it, we are on the other side of the camp. The sun is getting ready to set. He calls it, we get out of the car, we find the nearest camping spot. Teddy says, okay, I'm gonna go collect firewood. You get all the shit out of the car. So he disappears somewhere and I'm pulling all the stuff out of the car when I realize we forgot the fucking ketchup. This was a very devastating moment for me and my cravings. But I felt really bad that we didn't make it to Colorado, so I decided not to even mention it at all. So as I'm pulling the stuff out of the car, I see my brother emerge in the distance, and he's walking toward me with someone. 
Where had this man just come from? As they begin to walk a little closer, I see that it's a large Native American man holding a walking stick slash magical staff of some kind. (laughs) He's wearing a brown leather jacket and blue jeans, and he has a really big pot belly, which I later find out is because he's madly addicted to Pepsi. As they get closer, the look on my brother's face looked like he had just seen a ghost. Teddy says nothing. The Native American man walks right up to me. He takes my hand and he says, my name is Lone Wolf, I'm a shaman, and I'm here because one of you prayed for a spirit guide. My world stops. I think about the seance in the woods in Ohio. I think about the wishing rocks in Kansas. It's silent for what feels like forever before I finally muster up the courage to say, I'm Jessica. Lone Wolf, he's struck in that moment and he gets a little bit emotional. And then he finally shares, my daughter's name is Jessica. Teddy describes watching this moment from a few feet away. He says that Lone Wolf and I just never took our eyes off each other. We both started crying, just standing there, Lone Wolf and I. And then finally, the spell breaks long enough for Lone Wolf to ask us to move our camp over to his camp, which has got to be 50 yards away. Okay, now at this point, I hesitate with mixed feelings for two reasons. One... I had just pulled all of our shit out of the car, and I really didn't want to move it. And two, this man claims he's a shaman here to guide us. We're alone in the middle of Kansas. No one can hear us scream. (laughs) Teddy looks at me. I look at Lone Wolf. We decide to move our shit. Teddy asks, Lone Wolf if he would like to join us for dinner, to which Lone Wolf agrees, and he says he's going to go wash up. We just stand there and watch him walk away until he is out of the picture, and then my brother and I look at each other like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god! Is this really happening? Are we mutually hallucinating? Oh my god, did we accidentally eat those magic mushrooms that we brought for later? Is anyone going to ever believe this story? Are we even going to make it out alive to tell it? And just as we're starting to question everything, we see Lone Wolf start walking back our way. And he has something in his hands. He walks right up to me. And with the same calmness in which he told me he was the answer to my prayer, he hands me a brand new unopened bottle of ketchup. (laughs) He says... I hate ketchup, but I was in town this morning and the great spirit told me that I needed to buy this bottle of ketchup so that you would know that I was from him. Right? So internally, I'm freaking out. And yet on the other hand, I'm fucking stoked for hot dogs and ketchup. Right. 
dinner and we make small talk, though small talk with a shaman who claims he's your spirit guide. Not really small talk. The night is winding down and dinner is ending and I'm starting to feel like, okay, something else is about to happen. Now here's the thing about Lone Wolf. Apparently he could not just receive my prayers, he could also read my mind because just as I was thinking that, he stands up and with his magical staff, he draws a letter Y in the dirt. He points to the fork in the Y and he says, you are here. You've been lied to your entire lives. You can go to bed tonight, wake up tomorrow and leave and we can pretend that this whole thing never happened or you can stay here with me for a few days and I will tell you the truth about the history of the earth and who you really are. Obviously, we took the red pill. <laughs> Lone Wolf says to write down questions that we have about life and we will answer them. We'll start our big, great unveiling vision quest tomorrow and off to bed he goes. Almost immediately, the mixed feelings start rolling in. We're like, okay, should we stay? Should we pack up and sneak out in the middle of the night? What could Lone Wolf possibly be getting ready to reveal to us about the great mysteries of life? And every time Teddy and I have convinced ourselves that this is crazy, it always comes back to the ketchup. <laughs> the goddamn ketchup! Lesson the first... When you have mixed feelings about a path in life, always choose the route with the signs. So we stayed for three days and three nights with Lone Wolf. All of which a whirlwind of mixed emotions, everything from doubt to faith, absolute faith, everything from absolute fear to absolute love, but seriously, Teddy slept with a knife under his pillow every night, just in case Lone Wolf was gonna kill us. <laughs> but we stayed. The next morning, just as I'm waking up and I think, okay, the novelty is wearing off. None of this really happened. And Lone Wolf emerges from his camp and he comes right over to me and he proceeds to tell me details about the dreams I had had during the night. The thing about Lone Wolf is he loved fucking with me like this. He loved reminding me that he could read my mind, which actually was really necessary for me because I felt like I needed the constant affirmation that the magic was really happening. Yet on the other hand, that is a really fucked up thing to do to someone. It's very invasive. And the most vulnerable I have ever felt in my entire life. We wandered down to the lake to start the great unveiling. I remember Lone Wolf pointed to an eagle in the sky and introduced him as Lone Eagle. He said, <laughs> you guys are easy. He said, everywhere I go, he goes. He asked us about the questions we had written down and we asked him to please delve more into the lies we've been told. Now, before I reveal to you all, I'm sure you want to hear, yes? 
Before I reveal to you all what he told us, let the record show that Teddy and I actually believe about 90% of it. Um, to summarize, once upon a time, about 4,000 BC, the only humans on the earth were the indigenous people of the earth. Then, from the dog star Sirius, which was worshiped by the Egyptians, by the way, beings from Sirius came to earth and through genetic splicing created the first race of hybrids known as the Jews, recognizable by their dog-like facial hair. At this point in the story, Lone Wolf gets really angry and he tells Teddy that he has to shave his beard off because he's one of them. <laughs> it was moments like this that I realized, though Lone Wolf may be the shaman, he's also the student and crazy. <laughs> he then begins to retell all of the Old Testament as a story about the indigenous people versus the hybrids, AKA the Jews. <laughs> I mean, it makes as much sense as the Bible, really. <laughs> I ask Lone Wolf then about my path and in moving to Reno, and he informs me that it is my brother and I's destiny to find a new tribe and to start a new land with him at Lake Scott. Internally, immediately, I think, oh my God, this is how all cults start. <laughs> and Lone Wolf is probably just some Lothario trying to seduce me. And because he could read my fucking mind, out loud, he retorts, don't worry, I can't have sex with you. God has given me an ailment which causes excruciating pain in my testicles every time I get an erection. So there's that. <laughs> so, <laughs> it does suck. The remainder of the days were ups and downs of Lone Wolf telling us a lot about ourselves and revealing himself to be extremely psychic. Also trying to convince my brother and I to stay in Lake Scott, Kansas and start a new land with him. And as much as my brother and I are devout conspiracy theorists <laughs> and believe most of what Lone Wolf told us, I think our final lesson with Lone Wolf was in realizing that in the end, he's just like us, a wounded healer, blinded by the veil of his own ego. So. On the third day, when we finally confessed that it was time for us to leave, Lone Wolf, though sad, gave us both a totem. For my brother, it was an eagle feather, which is like the highest respect that a Native American can give to anyone. And it went to show how much healing Lone Wolf had done over the last few days with regard to us Jews. <laughs> And for me, this talisman, to which he said, use this whenever you need me and I will be there to guide and protect you. And of course, I still have it. So, well, here's what I know. Insofar as this is what happened to me, it is absolutely true, but I know absolutely nothing about 
what it means and the fact that it happened. All I know is that if you're having mixed feelings about whether or not Lone Wolf really was who he said he was, just remember the fucking ketchup. <laughs> Thank you. That's all for this week's Classic Risk Singles episode. Now, don't miss out on our regular full-length episodes. There's a brand new one every Tuesday. And everything you might want to know about us is at risk-show.com.